0: Right rug flooring.
2: It's Thursday, November 11th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. We have been learning a lot about mRNA because of the COVID vaccines, but the next big thing for RNA could be fixing moldy food. The next generation of pesticides and fungicides could use RNA to target very specific insects and fungi. One particular type of fungus they hope to target is responsible for at least $10 billion in damage to crops every year. Matt Reynolds, senior writer at Wired, joins us for how RNA may be used next to help farmers. Thanks for joining us, Matt.
3: Thanks, Oscar. Good to be here.
2: We've been hearing a lot about RNA, mRNA, when it comes to the vaccines right now, the COVID-19 vaccines. But Matt, you wrote an interesting article about how the next big thing for RNA could be fixing moldy food. When we're talking about pesticides, they could kind of uh, use this RNA to formulate very specific pesticides that target, you know, a certain bug, a certain fungal spore, things like that, and uh, and help save a lot of uh, damaged crops. So, Matt, help us walk through some of this. What are we seeing with it?
3: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. And, and like you say, it's based on the same molecule, RNA, which is kind of, you know, certain type of genetic information. But really how this new kind of pesticide would work is based on a pretty cool trick that cells evolved billions and billions of years ago. So it's really, really basic part of functioning, really, that plants do, that fungi do, that humans do. And what cells do is they have this way of detecting genetic material that something like a virus might try and sneak into our cells. So what they do is they detect this rogue stuff. And basically, they use something called RNA interference to chop up that genetic material before it's turned into a protein that could do some bad stuff within the cell. And what scientists have realized and focused on over the past couple of decades, since since the late 90s, really, is that they can use this to make new pesticides. And what they do is essentially they trick the cells of a mold or a bug or a, a beetle or something like that into attacking their own genetic information. So they chop up their own genetic information and it stops them producing proteins that might be really, really useful for you know, helping that mold or helping that mm-hmm. beetle live. So it's a way of Making pests attack themselves rather than killing them from the outside.
2: Right, and and you mentioned in the article. One of the particularly concerning things out there for farmers right now is this very specific fungus. It's very common, actually. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned if you leave strawberries in your fridge for too long, this kind of uh, gray green mold that grows on them. This is that one that we're talking about. But uh, for farmers, it can be responsible for at least ten billion dollars in damage. Every year, some say it could be as high as 100 billion. So for them, it's a, a critical thing to get under control.
3: Yeah, exactly. So there's this mould that's called botrytis. And if you've ever had mouldy strawberries in the fridge, you've pretty much experienced botrytis yourself. And it's a really, really huge problem because not only can it attack crops in the field, it, it attacks you know, grapes and soft fruit like blueberries. You know, it can also happen after those crops have been harvested. And that's actually a huge problem because the way that harvesting works is that with existing pesticides, farmers can't spray them very close to harvest because there are things called residue limits and there are legal limits on the amount of pesticides that can be in food when they're harvested. And what that means is if any of that mold, any of that botrytis is lurking on the leaves or lurking on the fruit, even if you don't see it at the point there's harvest, by the time that maybe it goes to the store or maybe it's in transit in the truck, it can be kind of taken over. So actually there's this really big problem that if you can't spray close to the time of harvesting, Maybe you've got all this mold that you just don't know about. And this new category of pesticides and fungicides might help get over that problem.
2: And what we're seeing is a handful of companies that are already working on sprays of this kind uh, to target this fungus, to target some other insects and whatnot. And, um, you know, there's still some time before they will uh, be, could be approved and be widely used, but they're well on their way. And some of them are very much in the testing phase already.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So there's one that's quite far... Along the way, uh, is against something called Colorado Potato Beetle, which if you're a potato farmer, I'm told is a really, really big deal. And that's a spray that's currently being evaluated by the Environmental Protection Agency. Maybe we'll get a result on that next summer there's a whole bunch of other things there's sprays that target moths there are some moths that really really love cabbage and they're a big problem and there's another thing called the varroa mite which is a pest that infects honeybees and actually causes huge problems for honey farmers and all of these different types of pests are being potentially you know could be solved by this rna technology there's loads and loads of different approaches that are in the works
2: And so, uh, you know, it it all sounds very good. There's some pros and cons to this, obviously, though. Uh, You know, some of the pros, similar to the COVID vaccines that we have, things that we've been told is we can tweak these vaccines to target other uh, strains of the virus, things like that. And similar to that, in developing these RNA sprays, these pesticides, you can do something very similar, you know, tweak it slightly to target a different bug or a different uh, strain of mold and things like that. But some of the concerns that are, are really out there are resistance. There's already bugs and molds and things that are, res- you know, get this resistance to the current pesticides we have. And that's a big area of concern for these uh, RNA sprays as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, we've already got that problem. We have loads of herbicides and loads of pesticides. You know, resistant weeds and resistant bugs are a really, really big problem. Now, when that comes to RNA pesticides in particular, they have this big advantage, like you said, Oscar, you can tweak them so they can attack a different gene. So maybe, oh yeah, maybe we're attacking their immune system and maybe they get resistant to that. So instead we'll attack something else. We'll attack how they respire or something like that. That's great, as long as you can get that molecule inside those cells. Now, if the pests evolve a way of becoming resistant to taking up RNA altogether, that's a massive problem because then it doesn't matter whether you change that genetic code and when it, whether you target a different gene, because you just can't get that molecule within the organism. And we know in the lab that you can induce this so if you basically dose you know, a bunch of potato beetles with loads and loads of RNA pesticides, you can evolve so they have a very high level of resistance. But what we don't know is, well, if you use this in the field, are you using enough to cause this resistance? Or maybe I'm mixing it with other pesticides, so there'll be less of a problem. So there's definitely this really big question mark that we're just not too sure about yeah. at the moment.
2: Yeah, I just you know really love how using science kind of continues to improve on all this stuff and and the related technologies, right? We're talking about vaccines to kill viruses, uh, respiratory viruses for, to cure pandemics, and we're also using this very similar technology to fight uh, fungus and keep our crops healthy. So, uh, it's just interesting, this cross section and for this, uh, these RNA sprays, you know, they're not meant to uh, completely take away other pesticides. They're just going to be new tools to be used. So, a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Matt Reynolds, senior writer at Wired. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Oscar. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration.